0: Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank, Drexel University, and the General Building Contractors Association.
1: This is Growing Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry.
2: Poverty, lack of basic resources, and homelessness. These issues are real, and they plague our urban communities. And our region is no stranger to these challenges. But the real question is what are we, as an academic, business, and civic community, doing to address these problems? This week, we learn about some of the novel solutions underway by companies large and small to bring about positive change for our neighbors who need that help the most. And Joining us this week on Growing Greater Philadelphia is our good friend and colleague, Kelly Diley of Drexel University's LeBeau College of Business. Kelly, it's always great to have you. Welcome back to the
3: program.
4: Thanks, Matt, and it's always great to be here. So there's an undeniable link between poverty and access to healthy foods. Without the means of access, our highly populated urban neighborhoods find themselves devoid of fresh produce. Though for an often high price, people with sufficient means can go to their local organic supermarket and purchase lots of produce and fruits. But for a large number of individuals in our community and in neighborhoods across the country, however, they do not have access to or the means to pay for healthy food.
2: The USDA defines a food desert as an area that is, quote, Vapid of fresh fruit, vegetables, and other healthful whole foods, usually found in impoverished areas. This is largely due to a lack of grocery stores, farmer's markets, and healthy food providers, end quote. So people in these neighborhoods, they oftentimes only have access to prepackaged and highly processed foods that are high in sugar and high in unhealthy fats the foundation for a healthy life starts literally in the ground, in the soil that will ultimately foster the growth of nutrient-dense fruits and vegetables.
5: Here are the beds. Here's the last planter I'm building. Basically, how you do it is this piece, this support piece is in the middle.
4: Here in this YouTube video, founder of Invincible City Farms, Frederick Byarm, physically is getting his hands dirty in order to do something about one of the food deserts in our greater Philadelphia community, specifically in Camden, New Jersey. A renowned chef, Food Network star, and world traveler, Frederick has come back to his roots in order to help grow a healthy agricultural community that will revitalize their neighborhood. Here, Frederick describes the mission of his literal groundbreaking organization.
5: I think the best description for Invincible City Farms is a program or a company that's designed or with a mindset of... How do you eliminate a food desert, not just make it more comfortable to live in a food desert? Interesting.
2: And Frederick, share with us what your inspiration is. I know you have a really eclectic, if you will, (laughs) and interesting story, but you ultimately got to this place where you had this cool vision of addressing, you know, this food desert challenge and tell us how you ultimately got there.
5: Well, ultimately at the end of the day, like I remember being a kid growing up in Camden, New Jersey. Yeah and eating these wonderful culinary design things called syrup sandwiches. I don't know if you ever had one, but it's basically white bread and imitation pancake syrup. As you can tell, you know, it's like one of those Food Network, you know, high-level, top-rate meals, (laughs) but (laughs) it's what's called poverty in America. Right. And how do you really do something about that? You know, I spent time as a chef in some of the finer hotels, resorts. I've had my own restaurants, I've done Food Network, I've done all those things, and I cooked and prepared meals for the affluent. And so it's like, well, where's the people who are providing meals for those who are not affluent? Like, Mm -hmm. where's the culinary expertise for those people who have not, who really need it? Right. And so I said, well, okay, if I can feed the affluent, why can't I feed people who grew up like me? Right. And so there's like the motivation. And then I was able to spend some time with hospitals doing culinary nutritional programs for Mm -hmm. vulnerable populations. I saw that there was maybe an opportunity to start growing food to move into local food banks. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Why don't we kind of pair this together and get the price point down for access to organic, healthy food? Okay. And then if the price points down, then people in distressed communities can afford them and right. they can start eating better. Right. And there's kind of where it came together. So how do you ultimately get
2: a product, if you will, from the ground to the kitchen table for someone who
5: normally wouldn't get access to it? Is there a model that is easy to explain? Um, No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is—it's funny. One of my first business mentors, when I opened my first restaurant, used to say to me, "Frederick, if it was easy, everybody be doing yeah, it." Yeah, it's true. And the reason that it's not being done is because it's complex. It's—it's it's not easy. There's no silver bullet. There's a mindset in agriculture called monoculture, and it's—it's it's a farm that kind of lets us to say tomatoes. And that farmer is producing the best tomatoes. They can be fabulous tomatoes, but that's what he focuses on. That's his crop. That's Mm -hmm. where he develops his time in. But it's not natural. And if you look at some of the permaculture and things that are being popular now, it's more in the food forest model because you will exhaust the nutrients in any soil if you just are growing one crop or just a very few crops. It's monoculture is not natural. And so in a business model... Invincible City Farms kind of has the same process where we we say there's no one silver bullet. You really need to incorporate things, various things together. Mm -hmm. So like in our model, we have a nonprofit foundation, but we combined it with a for-profit mentality or a business model. Okay, where We're generating revenue. We're not just kind of attached to the next grant opportunity, writing grants, grant seeking, because those models aren't sustainable. Right. So we have to have a product which we are selling in the market that generates revenue that keeps us sustainable, which then enables us to touch on a couple of different things because you can't change a food desert by just access. I can bring in a ton of corn, but if the people in the community can't afford the corn, right. I haven't done anything. Right. So then how do you then get the corn down to a price point that the people in the community can then afford it? Right. Well, that again, is not a simple question because you not only have to have the price low, but they have to have an income. So if you're not also helping with uh, disposable incomes in a community, you're not addressing the whole problem. So if I'm not being too crass, Frederick, (laughs) how do you generate revenue? How you generate revenue is there are... You know, the Delaware Valley Regional uh, Planning Board did a study in 2015 that said there's a $250 million market for local fresh produce in the area surrounding Philadelphia. There's no shortage of demand for local organic fresh produce. It can be sold throughout the region pretty simply. There's the common marketplace, which is doing, you know, local produce, local goods, local meats and distributing it regionally. Yep. There's contacts that we have with several of the local hospitals. There's contacts that we've had to where we can sell our produce at the food couple organizations. There's really many, many avenues for which to get this produce out into the marketplace. Demand for the product is not the problem. The problem is scale. And can you get your product up to scale to where you can actually address and meet these needs? And unfortunately, some of the things that we're trying, like community gardenings and those, and they're wonderful programs, but there's no way to scale them in a way to really address the need. So then a company's going to struggle because they just can't generate revenue because they don't have the scale right. to be in the marketplace. To have impact, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
2: Where do you see Invincible City Farms? In a year from now, in three years from now, in five years from now?
5: In a year from now, we will be known in the region as the largest urban farm in the nation, producing organic fruits and vegetables. In three years from now, we will be hitting kind of mid-stride and having multiple different plants that we are bringing to the marketplace to sell. We will also have contracts with large institutions, the hospitals, the school systems, because we'll have enough production to supply them. Mm -hmm. And I would say five years from now, what will we be doing is we will have instituted our program, which is about support of our employees. So one of the things that I've learned is that it's one thing to hire like a, a resident from camden right who has maybe come out of incarceration or have come through a rehab program or mm-hmm. have been chronically unemployed but it's another thing to keep them employed and because they've had certain stresses and struggles that tend to lead them to become unemployed again so part of our model is to bring support to those workers So we're addressing what those issues are on a daily basis. So we're not hiring to fire to rehire. And so in five years, our plan is that 80% of our employees are local inner city workers and that those people have been able to stay on board and stay employed for 70% of their time with the company.
4: Want to hear how Frederick became the renowned chef he is today? Head online to hear the full interview about his unique journey at 1210wpht.com slash select
1: costs, workforce talent, ability to recruit, cost of living, quality of life. Greater Philadelphia has an advantage when considering key business factors. Find out why Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, the perfect place to establish and grow a business. Visit selectgreaterphl.com and tune in to the growing Greater Philadelphia podcast on radio.com.
0: Independence Blue Cross is a leading health insurance company offering health plans including managed care, Medicare, and Medicaid with over 10,000 dedicated employees. Learn more about Independence Blue Cross at IBX.com. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Villanova University, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. The only Augustinian Catholic university in the nation, Villanova values a personalized experience where teachers and students are partners in learning and scholarly inquiry. Learn more about Villanova University at villanova.edu.
1: Welcoming new neighbors to the community is part of who we are. It's the Philadelphia way. That's why Select Greater Philadelphia invites you to their annual Welcome to Greater Philadelphia Cocktail Reception. It's our chance to say thanks for making Philadelphia your home. Thursday, October 25th, an evening filled with meaningful conversations and new friendships. Register at selectgreaterphl.com slash events. Presented in partnership with Comcast, a global media and technology company that drives innovation. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by the commercial banking division of Citizens Bank, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. We bring practical financial experience and deep industry expertise to each banking relationship. To learn how Citizens can help your company reach its potential, visit CitizensBank.com commercial
4: Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Royer Cooper Cohen Braunfeld, LLC, a proud investor in select Greater Philadelphia Council. RCCB are attorneys who think and act like entrepreneurs and business people, combining sophisticated, cost-effective legal counseling with entrepreneurial approaches and creative thinking. RCCB serves companies, business executives, and investors, as well as individuals and their families. Learn more about RCCB at rccblaw.com.
1: From the city to the suburbs, our region is thriving and transforming. Businesses are getting bigger and better. Hear all about it here. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia.
4: According to the U.S. Census Bureau, about 13% of Americans live below the poverty line. That means nearly 41 million people across the country are struggling to make ends meet. Though the poverty rate has remained stable, the number of residents living in poverty here in the city of Philadelphia is approximately 26%, which is a troubling number to say the least. And
0: one
2: of the reasons we started this show, Growing Greater Philadelphia, is to bring you, the listeners, stories of economic development and job growth that are happening right here in our 11 County Neighborhood of Greater Philadelphia. We are a community that strives to always improve and grow, always looking at the glass half full. We have met with many incredible business leaders who are tirelessly working to strengthen the economic environment of our region in order to create more jobs and ultimately improve the quality of life in our community.
3: Without the jobs and without business, we don't have much.
4: Jason Zerby of First Step Staffing is one of those business leaders who is actively making a difference. Um, Matt, I wanted to share with you that I was in the staffing industry for about eight years here in Philadelphia, also in New York City, and it is definitely a tough business to be in. Um, So when I learned about Jason and his company, I was really impressed. You know, every day he and his team are helping people who are caught in the cycle of unemployment and poverty. And the mission of the organization is pretty straightforward. Help homeless people obtain jobs.
2: And it's no easy task. And what's even more challenging is that the team at First Step Staffing focuses on sustainable forms of income. They're taking a step back and looking at the big picture, realizing that a quick fix is not the way to break the cycle for these homeless veterans previously incarcerated and others who are in need of a reliable path out of poverty. As vice president and general manager, Jason explains the mission of his organization.
3: First Step Staffing is a social enterprise that's here to put Philadelphia's most disadvantaged people to work, whether they've recently experienced homelessness, recent returning citizens, veterans in need, and supply them with low barrier entry level jobs to get them immediate employment and immediate income. So it's a staffing firm, but it's much more than that. There's a real
2: social mission to what you and your team are doing at First Step. Share with us some of the challenges, and I would start, I think, with maybe some of the misperceptions that your team probably encounters around hiring recently experienced homelessness.
3: One of the biggest misconceptions is that they're not going to be a good, productive worker, Mm -hmm. and we have found, actually, that they're a better more productive worker, because they really appreciate and need the chance and opportunity for a real job. When you come to our office, it's an office setting. You come in, you sit down, you fill out an application, you meet with a job coach, you get prepped and coached up on how to be successful at the job, and then get assigned to an immediate job assignment that you accept. And they go out, and our associate's especially the recently experienced homelessness population that go out to work for us on a daily basis, tend to, and our studies show and our metrics show, that they perform better than the general labor pool worker that's going out for the same exact job. And our customers here in the short seven months that we've been here, up and running here full-time in Philadelphia, have seen that the First Step staffing worker from the disadvantaged workforce is performing better than the former employee that they had from the prior temporary staffing agency that we acquired. Right,
2: right. So one of the things, Jason, I'm taking away from what you just shared is, and this may be an oversimplification, but I'd be curious to get your reaction to it, is a confidence that you and your team at First Step actually believe in these folks, and it may be the first time in a long time that somebody has actually approached them with that level of confidence and, and spirit of of, I believe in you.
3: Absolutely. I mean, this is what we do on a day-in, day-out basis. We're experts and professionals in helping these individuals get steady, sustainable income and steady employment and get in employment immediately. A lot of these folks haven't worked maybe in six months, a year, three years, five years, and this is maybe their first opportunity at getting back into the workforce, and we we specialize and provide our expertise and matching them up what we think and what they think would be the best opportunity that fits them the schedule the times we have so many jobs it's not like we're funneling them into one nine to five job right we have jobs at all hours of the day at a lot of different locations and then we have assistance with those jobs not far from center city
2: philadelphia is the neighborhood of kensington a proud working class community of families That has evolved from a this is a great place to a yikes we need some help type of neighborhood while kensington is rich in history especially in the textile and manufacturing industries it has struggled over the past 30 years or so with remarkable levels of poverty it's also home to first step staffings operations in greater philadelphia and we had the chance to sit in during one of their new hire orientation sessions Though expecting to walk into a typical community center with basic means, the rustic yet modern open layout of the space actually made their office feel more like a cool new startup's work area.
5: We want to see you become part of the company.
2: Looking around the conference room, we see people from all walks of life, every race, ethnicity, age, and gender. It's early in the morning, and yet the eager job candidates are awake, attentive, and even excited at the prospect of gaining full-time employment. A means to not only make a living, but to change their lives. This is the first step in the hiring process that will help these folks out of their current stressful circumstances of chronic unemployment. So, Jason, whether someone's coming out of a displaced situation or not, everyone can benefit from coaching, and that is a very useful and what I would call logical service that your team provides.
3: Absolutely. And I take productive coaching from you know our founder, our CEO, Dave Schaefer, our founder, Greg Block, every day yeah. about their experiences in this industry. I coach my own internal staff all the time. I'm coaching our temporary associates that are out there working. You know, Coaching is a daily thing, but it's definitely a huge part of our wraparound services. Right. But our, our big wraparound service that we provide on a daily basis that really helps our individuals succeed is transportation. The biggest barrier to employment for the low-barrier entry-level jobs, you'll hear me use the word barrier 100 times probably in the next 30 minutes yep. or so, and... You know the transportation wraparound services, if we can guarantee you that we're going to pick you up at a certain time and deliver you to your job, yeah, and then pick you up at the end of your shift and make sure you make it back to the same dispatch location you know on a daily basis, that worry takes a lot of issues, problems, concerns, just missteps that normally happen on a normal day-to day opportunity for these low-barrier, entry-level jobs. And, and, and it's a yeah. reverse commute. The jobs aren't necessarily around the corner from sure. our office. These jobs, some of them are quite some distance. That's where the jobs are. That's where our customers are right now. We're working on finding closer jobs, but we still have all these jobs that we can get people in, provide transportation to them, yeah. and help them be successful. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a question that may come
2: up frequently, may be a misperception as well, as we were talking earlier, and that is around misuse, abuse, and diversion of drugs or prescription medications and the type of influence that has, again, whether real or perceived, on a homeless community and members of the homeless community.
3: Everyone who's employed at First Step Staffing goes through an extensive interview, meeting, screening process process. Part of that process involves a five-panel drug test. Okay. Some of our customers, different sites, require even a higher panel drug test, whether it's six, nine, or ten. But everyone who works for First Step Staffing takes a five-panel drug screen at a minimum. Yeah. Possibly more, depending on the job location and work site. If you were to decline taking the drug test or possibly fail the drug test, that does not end our relationship. Yeah. Maybe in a different staffing environment not First Step's environment, but maybe the for-profit temporary staffing sure. or another any employer, that would end your relationship. You would never be allowed to work at that location or that little business different, again. A little, little different at First Step, though. Correct. At First Step, we point you in the right direction. If you want to seek help, we can point you in that direction and give you information on that. And we can offer you to come back at a later time, whether you want to come back in 30 days, 45 days, or even longer on down the line. Come on back. We'll put you through the new hire orientation again and see where we can go from there. But we're all about not just second chances. We're about fourth, fifth, and sixth chances. And, you know, if people feel that they're not going to be able to pass the test or fail the test, you know, we want to help them. We don't just want to, hey, get back on the elevator and we'll we'll talk to you later. We point them in the right direction and help them find help if they want to be helped. So, First Step Staffing employs folks who are
2: not just coming from the recently experienced homeless population, they come from the general work population and it's a combination to solve challenges of an employer or
3: client. Anyone who's motivated and wants to work, we're willing to sit down, talk with them and place them in a job. So share with us a little bit more
2: insight into how an individual finds themselves in a homeless situation.
3: There's a lot of different reasons. You know, I've only been doing this for seven months now when I came over from the acquisition of the previous company that First Step yeah. had acquired in, in kind of a unique deal of a nonprofit purchasing a for profit. But there's all types of situations, whether they're a recently returning citizen, whether they were incarcerated, or they just fell on some hard times. We've had plenty of individuals come to us that are living in their car or they're couch surfing on relatives, you know. Back to the drug testing question and the use of illicit drugs or different things that we talked about earlier. You know, our office is right in the heart of the opioid epidemic here in the Northeast of the United States. We're 1952, East Allegheny, right in the heart of Kensington. I just, I rode the L down here myself. Yeah. I'm on the streets quite a bit. When you meet someone on the street, you know, everybody goes to, Wawa or Dunkin' Donuts or everybody and encounters individuals with these barriers and people who we're out here to help, First Step Staffing, you know, ask them their name, ask them their situation, you know, find out how you can help. Treat them with dignity and respect the way anybody would want to be treated. Absolutely. That's how we try to do things in our office. When you come in, you're greeted with a receptionist, we call her, she's the most important person in our office. That's your first encounter with First Step. And we sit you down at a table or a desk you know, we're just not cattle herding everybody into jobs. You yeah, know, we want to meet with them, treat them like a person. You ride an elevator to our office. You come into an office type setting, of a yeah. business, and uh, it's the real deal. You, you know, put yeah. these individuals to work. But you know, everybody has different situations. Whether you know they came to Philadelphia for a job opportunity that fell through, and then didn't have income for a long period of time. Again, the opioid epidemic. People end up in different situations and different hard times you know there's a lot of different reasons why people end up in the situation they are I want to be the first step in solving that situation right first-step staffing so I've met so many different individuals that have come into our office over the last seven months and really just helping them in any which way we can you know we found people areas to rest in our office and recoup get them different things that they need whether it's clothing or food or referrals to possible housing situations you know we're doing a lot more things that maybe we don't advertise yep. other than finding them jobs and directing them in right situations or right locations and then telling them to help others in their community. They know other people in their yeah. situation. Help spread the word. And then the other thing we do is we go out. Mm-hmm. We'll go right to the shelter and hold a job orientation right. and hire directly from the shelter. Not only here in Philadelphia, we've been over in Camden helping those folks also, too. And and we want to go to other communities, Chester, Norristown, Trenton, where we can help and get involved.
4: To learn more about the amazing work of First Step Staffing, how they are helping companies deliver on their goals while changing lives for the better, listen to the full interview online at 1210 WPHT.com slash select.
2: Growing Greater Philadelphia is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia. We're a council of the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia, and we're the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. We work to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our neighborhood. Special thanks to our investors and partners who believe in our efforts, especially the team at Citizens Bank for their highly engaged support of this podcast and of all of our efforts at Select Greater Philadelphia. You can learn how Citizens can help your company reach its potential by visiting citizensbank.com commercial. I also want to thank Our program producers, Elena Karmazin and Maricela Juarez, and our writer, Samara Grisel, and our researcher, Steve Boucher. Learn more about Select Greater Philadelphia by visiting selectgreaterphl.com and tune in anytime to this radio and podcast program at 1210wphd.com slash select.
4: This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by University City Science Center, a proud partner of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. The Science Center is a mission-driven nonprofit that helps innovators and entrepreneurs bring world-changing ideas to market. Learn more about the Science Center at sciencecenter.org.
1: This segment
0: of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by The Precisionists, a proud investor
3: of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. The Precisionists is an IT and business services company that will create over 10,000 jobs for individuals with developmental disabilities
1: like autism by the year 2025. Learn about us at theprecisionists.com.
0: This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Stradley Ronan, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Stradley Ronan has been recognized as one of the region's top mid sized companies for charitable giving, volunteer opportunities, and philanthropy to benefit Greater Philadelphia. Learn more about Stradley Ronan at stradley.com or call 215 564 8000. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia
1: is brought to you by Virtua, a proud partner of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. As one of New Jersey's largest nonprofit health systems, Virtua provides comprehensive health care services to achieve its mission to help people be well, get well, and stay well. Learn more about Virtua at Virtua.org. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Drexel University. Drexel University was founded in 1891 and is one of the region's top 10 private employers with three campuses in Philadelphia. Learn more about Drexel University at Drexel.edu or call 215-895-2000. Greater Philadelphia one of the most accessible cities in the United States. With its prime location between New York City and Washington D.C., we can travel between major East Coast cities. For more information on Philadelphia's accessibility, visit selectgreaterphl.com and tune in every Friday morning at 5 on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD.